Let's go. You're listening to Making Data Simple, where we make the world of data effortless, relevant, and yes, even fun. Hey listeners, Al Martin here of Making Data Simple. Hope you are well. I have one of my favorite people in the whole world, Nancy Hensley, is joining us today. She is currently the Chief Marketing and Product Officer for Stats Perform. And previously, she had to leave us. Why she would do this, I don't know. But she was the Chief Digital Officer at IBM. I know her to be great at marketing. She is a subscription zealot. Uh, we talk about that often. I could go on. Welcome back. I think you you were on Thank here before, you. right, Nancy? I think I've been in here twice. Once twice? by myself, so this is the one, third with, time. one with Sean Ellis. Yeah, this might be my third time. Yeah, third time's the charm. That's how much I love you. That's how much I love you. <laughs> How's Chicago doing in the, in the pandemic? You, you getting along okay? Well, I'll tell you, we are having a streak of stunning weather. It's been in the 70s. It's beautiful. So we can sit outside and eat in our tents and still be happy in November. So it's amazing. Well, the Windy City will catch up with you, won't it? I mean, it's going to get cold quick. Yeah, well, good, it was cold last you. week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, look, uh, I know that this is your third time, but, mm -hmm. you know, for those that are listening, you should go back and listen to Nancy. She's always got a good insight to provide us. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would, again. Sure. So, mm -hmm. I, as you guys said, I'm currently the Chief Product and Marketing Officer at Stats Perform which is a sports tech company, probably one of the most premier sports tech companies. We specialize in analytics, AI and sport, data. Uh, you know, if you ask Siri or Alexa the score of a game or search in Google, that's all us. We're the, the, we're the brains behind sports. We help teams build better teams, make better decisions for game strategies. We help uh, make better stories for news and editorials and broadcasters and those amazing graphics. You might see our logo at the end of an NFL game. So we're basically a big company of sports nerds. Before that, I spent 20 wonderful years at IBM with UL and uh, yeah. loved every minute. Missed my IBM family terribly, but this was my dream job as a sports nerd and a data nerd. This pretty much was it for me. Do other folks text you like I do just out of the blue, say, hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I still keep in touch with a lot of IBMers. I mean, 20 years, it was like, you know, my family, right? <laughs> so. Right, right. I am envious in some ways of the job because it's like putting data and AI to work and analytics for sports. What's better than that? As I'm thinking about chief marketing and product officer mm -hmm. and the role that you just described, mm -hmm. to me, are we talking Moneyball here? Is that what we're up against? You, you are driving you are the <laughs> definition of Moneyball. Now, now you're making it mainstream. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Moneyball because the roots of Stats Perform actually goes back to Moneyball. Let me tell you why. There is a gentleman named Bill James. He wrote a publication called The Baseball Abstracts. And the Baseball Abstracts were basically the inspiration for Billy Bean to look at how he would build the athletics in a different way. So using different and new statistical analysis, rather than some of the old fashioned scouting data that they were using, that all came from Bill James. He was the one who refused to accept the norm and really challenge it with new statistical analysis. He was our founder. The spirit of the company goes back to that challenge how sports is measured with analytics, and that continues today. 
The difference is we have new tools like natural language generation and AI and machine learning to actually challenge sport, but that's still very much what we do today. But we had a lot of the first in the evolution of sports from basically the first scoreboard on AOL, for those of us who remember AOL back in the day, to the first streamed match, and now streaming is how most people watch sports, basically being the first supplier of fast data for betting as well, or one of the first suppliers for fast data and betting, and deep data, which we introduced at the turn of the century. So constantly evolved, and but it all goes back to those days of challenging sport from Bill James that really was the foundation for Moneyball. I probably should have known. You probably have told me that before, but I guess I didn't really. He's still involved? He was our founder. Sorry, I didn't explain that. He was one of the founders of Stats. Um, so he, he goes back to the, I think, the 80s, and he was one of the founders of the company originally. And, and then the company merged with another company out of the UK called Perform in 2019. That's why we're Stats Perform. So Stats um, was a company that was based in Chicago. Perform was based out of London. And together, when we merged, we covered global sports and then added betting to um, our portfolio as well as team performance solutions. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Bill James because uh, he's a oh, Kansas boy. Oh, there you boy. go. So, and he's a Kansas <laughs> guy. Uh, and to my understanding, I don't know the full story, but uh, it is an interesting story. I think in the onset, people looked at him as, well, but what he's doing is just garbage. And then it, it caught on, obviously, after... Mm-hmm. Moneyball, and then everything just kind of that came to fruition, and now he's he's this you know fairly right. famous name. You probably know more to it, but that's the way I understand the story. One of the big things that people talked about all the time was on base percentage, new measurement in baseball that people were very skeptical about, right? And where he would convince people, go look for the person who had the most walks, right? Not for the biggest slugger, which is what everybody wanted to do, but the most walks because as soon as you get on base, that ups your percentage of wins. So ultimately the North Star or the thing they were going for was wins and the thing to get there is getting on base. It was a pretty logical analysis when you think about it now, but back then people just looked at baseball very differently. We put a ton of AI into our team performance capabilities to help analyze games, to help recruit, and not just being able to look at a depth of a player, but also how that player fits into how that team plays on the field. That's really important. So backing up for just a second, I want to get some examples of this. It's intriguing to me. I, I love the book Moneyball. <laughs> I love the movie. It's just about thinking mm-hmm. differently. I mean, for those of you that are listening that haven't read the book, you, you need to. I mean, it it's is. really good. So everybody's yeah. doing this now. So give us some examples of the kind of analysis and analytics mm-hmm. you're working on. And I'm kind of curious, how are your products mm-hmm. sold? How do you, like, if I'm out there listening right now and I want to engage and, I mean, okay. who's buying? Yeah. How are they buying? So, I'll stop there. <laughs> so a couple of things. So we have three core pieces to our business. One is a core data business where we literally create and manage billions of data points for events over 4,000 tournaments and events across multiple sports. So in some were the official data supplier and others were, you know, basically analyze that data and create it so that it can be used for big tech to do search on, to use for voice search, things like that. So some basic feeds. That is also the foundation. We have the deepest and richest data in the industry. We also have fast data and that fast data is used for betting, right? So betting has to be extremely fast and extremely accurate 
And then our deep data is not just used for uh, team analysis and telling better stories, but broadcast, publishers, um, teams, leagues. We focus a lot on uh, international soccer, tennis, just to name a few, but we cover all the sports. You might see our logo at the end of a, an NFL broadcast. So sometimes when those broadcasters are telling you really interesting stories, whether it's in the baseball booth or the football booth about what that player did the last two times or you know if it's a, an interesting statistic for him in that particular game, that's probably us whispering in their ear. So we're broadcast support. We, through our natural language generation, can generate over a billion sports articles that we generate through the press annually. Uh, so we've automated a lot of that capability based on our data. Our data is so good that it actually uses natural language generation on top of it to actually write an article or write a game preview or write a player preview. So that's how we're using machine learning, automation, NLG to actually create data. We also were one of the first to optically track a game with a camera. And now what we can actually do is pull that same kind of deep performance data of a game and a player from broadcast. So we're using computer vision and AI to do that. So it's creating data that's never really been created before. We used to either have to put a physical tracker on somebody, which players hate, or cameras in the stadium. Not every stadium's got cameras. So teams and leagues use us for team performance, game analysis, recruitment, broadcasters, and publications and media use us to help tell more compelling stories. And then big tech uses us as their data source, right? So you, we supply Google, Apple, with Siri, uh, Alexa, Microsoft, you name it, we're the data supplier behind all those searches and voice searches that you hear. We supply all the video streams and data into the top sports books globally as well. So when you're standing in a sports book and you're watching that data fly by and what's going on in the game, that's us. Do you control the data? Is the data yours? Are you the, the single source? We are probably known as the best in class data because we have the deepest, richest historical data. Some of our data in US sports, for example, goes back to the 1800s actually. So it's really unique in the depth of it. Um, but we'll have event data, which is basically data that's captured like goals, penalties, things like that. We have derived data, which is did they block a three-point shot? Did they do a shorthanded goal? And then we have aggregated data, which are things like box scores, standings, leaderboards, things like that. So I would presume some people just buy data mm -hmm. and do analytics themselves. Really, the idea is that just how do we make decisions more consumable using AI? To give you an example, like if you look at our team analysis software for global soccer, for example, the challenge you've got when you're looking at replacing a striker is not just can I look at how well they've done from a statistics. If you look at two strikers, they're going to look almost exactly the same on paper from a statistical view. But what you really want to know is how do they play on the pitch? How do they fit into my team? And to do that, you'd have to watch hours and hours and hours and hours of video to really narrow it down. What we can do actually is we've got models that actually crank through the thousands of players across the league, and we can actually plot them in a visual so that you can actually see the players, not from just a, an analytic viewpoint or statistical viewpoint, but also how they actually perform or how they play on the pitch. That saves recruiters thousands and thousands of hours. Yeah, but describe that more. That's very <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's something, I was, one of the questions I was going to ask you is some of the out there statistics you're gathering that people probably don't consider. I, I got to believe this mm -hmm. is one, but 
I mean, I'm still trying to follow the train of thought of how does what you describe mm -hmm. that visualization, I guess, with analytics, how does it integrate with whether they're going to be a fit for my so team or not? I can look at what player A has the similar looking performance data and look at it that way. And then I can also look at a, like a, let's call it a, a scatter map maybe is, is the best word for it, but a, a visualization of how those players actually use the field to play. That comes from several complex models, it comes from playing styles, it comes from movement chains that are all rolled up into one view that shows you how that player would play similarly on the pitch. So there are some strikers that might play all over the field, some that may hang in the back, some that might play up front. That's the kind of thing that you know if you're filling in a gap on your team because it's not just about the numbers, it's about how well they actually fit into the strategy and the way your team plays today. So everybody's got to be using this today, one way or another. They, everybody's doing Moneyball, everybody's doing analytics. I mean, is there anybody that's not doing it? <laughs> Where's the gap then? You say most sports, there must be, a, be some sports that eh, are not quite caught up to speed with this. I'm trying to think. What would that I be? can't think of any sports that we aren't talking to major sports, especially the sports that have the big sports like tennis, football, basketball, baseball. They all have different problems that they want to solve, right? So, you know, if in basketball this year in the NBA, the biggest challenge I think for them was how do I make the right decisions from a draft perspective? Because with COVID, revenues are down. And I still have this player cap to deal with and players aren't going to take less salary because of COVID. So they have to make really smart decisions. And so one of the things that we've been working on is creating a new set of data from broadcast video for NCAA basketball players. They're coming into the draft so we can get deeper performance data on those players to give the NBA teams a better opportunity to evaluate them. I mean, you're talking multi-million dollar decisions here. There's also a movie like Trouble mm -hmm. with the Curve. And in that movie, they're saying, hey, there's too many analytics. <laughs> Can the analytics go too far? Well, I don't think so. I think we all need to use data to learn. And that's the best way to learn and to strategize. Once the capability moves onto the field, and of course, all of us in sports tech are talking about that, then you got to watch like where does it become less of a game if you've got too much technology behind it. But I think there's some simple decisions that you could enable on the field that makes a huge difference. You know, for example, swapping out your lineup and how does that change the outcome of the game? The, the AI, though, in that case, machine learning and AI, once it's live and on the field, has to be extremely consumable. I mean, the products that we have right now are built for analysts on the team performance side. So they're used to doing a lot of that you're used to the visualizations, although we still make it, I think, extremely consumable. But if you're a coach on the field, you've got like seconds to make a decision. So whatever you put out there has to be extremely consumable. I think that's the challenge. The next big challenge is how do you aid decisions on the field with data uh, in an accurate and fast way that is highly consumable to that team? And what does that look like? You know, one thing I'm not considering here, which is probably obvious for you, is in the analytics, I'm thinking of like the recruiting, drafting, you know, mm -hmm. picking players, et cetera. But to your point, I can believe some of the mistakes that I'm seeing like in football in the two-minute drill could have odds put on your phone. <laughs> I mean, or whatever yeah. you could get, yep. you know, from the booth, they could tell you, hey, look, if you go for it, 
in this fourth and down situation, given where you are, you've got a, an 80% chance of winning. <laughs> what are you going to do? There is a lot more blurring of the lines between media and betting. And it's you know mainly because there is an easy linkage to me when you have uh, a streaming broadcast and you're creating experiences around that broadcast. And a lot of them are visualizations and data to create an opportunity to bet within that experience is very, very simple to do. So I think the, the lines are blurring between those two for sure, especially with COVID because nobody's in stadium. And so the whole fan experience has become extremely important. It's something we've been shifting a lot of focus on how do we enhance the fan experience and how do we how do we make it better? I mean, it was interesting because COVID had hit for me in week three of my job, jumping into sports and all of a sudden COVID hit and sports just completely stopped. Well, I mean, I don't want to talk to you about that, <laughs> okay. but well, hold on a second. Actually, I wasn't talking about betting. I was just talking about making real-time yeah. decisions. I know that there's a betting mm-hmm. angle to it. I mean, like by example, in the NFL, I know that there's been a lot more coaches going on fourth mm-hmm. down probability is higher or whatever, and then they go on fourth down. I got to imagine, though, that some of that analytics is coming into play. I mean, like, for example, even in IBM, you know, we've got mm-hmm. Watson, and if you yep. go out to ESPN, and, and this was a, a technology that, you know, my team helped to develop, which is it would tell you the mm-hmm. probabilities of, you know, whether a player on your fantasy team is going right. to boom or bust. During the game, it'll tell you the probability of your, you know, your team winning or not. So I got to believe that there's some real time analysis being done. I think there's data that's brought into the game and some pregame analysis and probabilities and all that's done. But in terms of it being done on the field, it's really not that pervasive today. I mean, you have to be able to create a dynamic model that reruns as the game changes and then be able to push out the output of that in a way that's really consumable. I think that is the next big frontier for a lot of sports tech, um, as well as actually create that same kind of experience for the fan. Like, you know, why don't you give the fan the opportunity to be in the coach's seat and change the lineup and see how it goes, right? How many of us would like to make those calls? <laughs> Obviously you wouldn't physically change it, but you would change it on your second screen. That's where I think a lot of fans use, their second screen is their phone. So technology like 5G is becoming really important because it's gonna be able to enable a lot more graphical output and and faster video and AI, and that'll help us enable a much more interesting and engaging fan experience. Great, thank you for that. So let me switch back okay. to where you were going with the COVID. Yeah. So you go into yep. this job three weeks with COVID. What the hell did that do to the the sports analytics business? Were you guys yeah, freaking out? Or, freak or how, out. You know, how, so, yeah, it was interesting because sports <laughs> literally just stopped. You know, we're a sports data business at the core, and. It just literally stopped. What was interesting though, is that we have all of these expertise and all of this data. So we actually started to write these data-driven stories, mainly to just keep our um, clients engaged and traffic to our website and keep people talking about sports because we need to keep sports relevant when there was no sports to talk about. And it was amazing how much that took off. I mean, it was similar reaction to what you saw with when people watched The Last Dance with with Michael Jordan, people really loved the stories that we wrote. So we ended up spinning off a whole experience on our website called The Analyst that you can subscribe to. And you'll get lots of really cool data-driven stories about various sports that are really unique because it's all basically because of the the access to the data that we have and the experts because 
we have people that can just tell amazing stories that have these long histories in sports that know all these broadcasters, know all these athletes, and just know how to interpret the data in a way that a fan would love to hear the story. That was our first reaction was we kept the fan engagement through that, and uh, it's grown since then. We had thousands of subscribers to that, to the analysts now. You know, as I'm sitting here, Nancy, listening to all your uh, <laughs> your newfound success, let's call it that, and your marketing and all these mm-hmm. teams are you're working with teams. I got to believe you're on the field now. You got you got field <laughs> passes. If there was I a field believe. to get on, uh, no? yeah, actually, well, my I always beg the editorial and broadcast guys because they actually get into the booth, like take me with you. Uh, with COVID, and we have wow. scouts that are in every stadium, but they're the only ones allowed in. But as soon as COVID's over, those are the t- first two things on my list. One is to hang with a scout because they live a very interesting life and see what that looks like from a data validation and data collection perspective that the scouts are doing. And also to yeah. be in a booth with the broadcast team when our team is actually feeding them all sorts of cool little facts and stuff. So those are my the two things on my list when COVID's over. So yeah, this is yeah, good for you. Good for you. It sounds like fun stuff. Hey, well, going back a, a step, I'm not following your role in mm-hmm. sports betting. The data that's coming across your screen, that's probably us streaming that data in. That's super fast, low latency data. It's faster than any data you get because you need it for betting. Um, and accurate. And then also the videos, we stream about 30,000 events to sports books annually. So we're probably one of the biggest digital streamers around uh, in terms of the events that we stream. So we're basically partnering with all the largest sports books to, as their partner for both data and streaming providing. Most people bet while they're watching a game. So what does that, does that mean? All the, the data with a, an existing it's game, multiple by example? games, like multiple events at once. Yeah, absolutely. All the event data. Yeah, but yep. I mean, so are you doing the sports books for the um, casinos sports now? Sports books for sure. And this mostly the the majority of our betting business, uh, we only do Europe. We haven't entered into the U.S. market. We have a partner that we work with on the U.S. market. Our core betting business is uh, overseas in Europe. Known that from my work when I used to, when I worked for Informix. Informix mm-hmm. does a lot of streaming and uh, yeah, yeah, actually, Patty Power are, is one of our I, I, one of our partners as well. So yes. I remember Patty Power as well, as well from an IBM client. So yeah, there are partners. Um, then we also do a lot of work with them on the analytics side. So any kind of analytics that make it more engaging, widgets and things that they can embed into their own experiences that help provide people information, like kind of like you were talking about with what um, Watson does in the ESPN app. Yeah, makes sense. Hey, uh, so I'm curious. What is the most fascinating thing that you've learned you know, since the since you've <laughs> taken this role? How few women there are in sports yeah. and sports tech. <laughs> if I yeah, thought right. that there was a challenge in, in promoting women into a big guy, I had no idea what was coming for me in sports tech. There's very few women. There are a lot of progress, a lot of progress recently with women who are breaking glass, either being coaches on the field did a podcast with the only woman GM in baseball. She's a GM for the Reno Aces, which is a triple A team. So there's progress being made, but it it was shocking. Any meeting or event that I went to, it was uh, really slim on the female side. 
you think that there really is shouldn't be a surprise. I got to believe there's bias around. I mean, in terms of women's interest in in some of the sports. I mean, like I would say, like my wife likes sports, and we're, and we're you know we, we watch sports. But to get to the level that you're talking about, like mm-hmm. on base percentage and stuff like that, I mean that would be foreign to her. You know, like a lot of my team on the product side, um, we're either players or ex analysts. It has yeah. a heritage of being mostly men. I think that's changing. And um, I'm working with an organization that is looking to change the ratio. So I think it will change more over time. And I've seen more progress even in the last six months. In fact, there was an NFL game recently where there was a coach on each side and the first female referee. So you look at things like that, that's historical, yeah. right? We're making progress. But that was probably the most shocking thing. It's like, wow, I thought it was bad in big tech, but oof. It's really challenging in sports tech. <laughs> well, I got to say that it's in the industry, industry's yeah. best interest, right? I mean, over 50% of the U.S. population is female. You, you think, think you want and them as clients. The big swoon was actually in women. They were becoming more sports fans or more loyal sports fans during COVID watching games and events than men were. So that was the biggest growth area. So I think it will change. I know my company is extremely interested in promoting more women into not just the industry, but the sports. So we do as much as we can uh, on that front. We're covering more women's sports between the ones that we cover now, tennis, rugby, cricket. So it's important to us. And then also, you know, having more female executives within our executive team. And we've got two. We're doing pretty good compared to our competitors. Makes a lot of sense. Hey, so what do you see the future of this business as? I mean, what do you what do you think is coming? Any shockers? <laughs> I don't think any shockers. I think we'll continue to find ways to probably drive more towards the fan experience. I think that's going to be the biggest change because who knows when we're all going to get back in stadiums. So having that, really looking at what that fan experience looks like, I think is probably the biggest thing on everyone's minds because the sports has kind of changed right now. So what can we do to change that? What can we do to make it more engaging? What can we do from a second screen perspective? What can we do from an app perspective? That's all like the number one priority because fans are what drives sports and we need them to be engaged. So I think the focus will be on that. Betting continued all through the stoppage. There were just different things that you betted on. So I think betting will continue to um, grow. And uh, on the US side, it's got great opportunities. Although it's a far different experience from what I can see. Betting in like in a European sports book versus what the user experience is on the US side is so incredibly different. The US side definitely likes a lot more data and a lot more user friendly, whereas a traditional sports book in the, in the UK or Ireland, the, the app looks like a spreadsheet to me. Um, I think it's changing, but because the US will influence it as, they, as more of these sports books go global. That's kind of our culture, though, isn't it? Because our culture is like you've got a they want right, data around right. everything. I mean, look at baseball; it's all data driven, and even the NFL now. I mean, look in soccer or football for the world today. You know, they're reluctant to do anything technology related. You know, the referees are still you know make calling the shots and no instant replay. You know, stuff like that. Although they're changing too. Bulk of uh, the data and analytics use is really for game strategy and analysis, recruitment, draft picks, but also so that the broadcasters can tell more engaging stories, right? I mean, when you're listening to a game, you want to hear really interesting statistics. The fans want that too. And I think that's probably more uniquely American on the betting side than other places in the world. But 
that's yeah. a way to keep a fan engaged is to give them really interesting statistics. And over the years, there's been new measurements introduced. Like you look at soccer, there's something called expected goal, um, which came out several years ago, which is different than the number of goals. So I think people will consume more and more data analytics, but it's going to be probably the biggest consumption is going to be the fans, the fans and the and the broadcasters who want to tell really interesting stories using data. I hadn't really thought of that, but I, yeah, that makes sense. Same thing we're doing with Watson to give uh, the analysts, you know, the information and almost real time as, as right. they're walking through uh, whatever, you know, right. sports they're watching. So where, where can folks get more information about you and... So statsperform.com is the website. And uh, then if you scroll down into our website, you can see the analysts. You can sign up for the newsletter and you'll get all sorts of really fun, interesting stories that we put out weekly across different sports. We also do fantasy predictions. We do uh, pregame shows for soccer. My team also does has a Twitch show on soccer as well. So we're doing a lot around global soccer, pushing more and more into uh, football and baseball shows as well. Um, so we're doing a lot of social media. We've got a social media handle called Opta Joe, which is primarily global soccer. And then Stats by Stats is all our American um, sports on Twitter. So there you get a bunch of really cool information and great data and great information. You'll see lots of cool videos that my team does. I got this amazing team that puts out these videos and writes these stories that no one else can. Uh, I hear you. It sounds, sounds like uh, it's fun. It sounds like I'm a little bit envious here. Very cool. And uh, I'm sure you did enjoy I The did. Last Dance yes. since it's all Chicago. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I have to say it was intriguing. But it, I mean, if, if the listeners hadn't seen that, it's really good. Talks a lot about the yeah, desire and the to win. the story behind the story, exactly. right? The things you didn't maybe didn't know about what was going on behind, behind the scenes and the dynamics of the the rise of Michael Jordan within the team. It was it was amazing. Right. I think it was exactly what we needed at that time with no sports. We need another one because I'm, I'm growing tired of staying at home. We need another show like that. That's great. All right. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was great catching up with you yeah. again on a Friday night. The listeners probably don't know. It's like <laughs> 6.30 on a Friday night. Thanks again, Nancy. It's great talking to you. We'll, we'll do it again. We'll get All you right, on a fourth time. Good. I promise you that. So thank you. Listeners, so you heard it from Nancy. Great guest. Thank you for listening. As always, rate us wherever you are. And uh, if you've got ideas, comments, uh, feedback, hit us on almartintalksdata at gmail.com. Until next time, I'll see you on the podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Making Data Simple podcast, where we make data fun. Be sure to visit ibmbigdatahub.com forward slash podcast to access the show notes and uncover even more great episodes. Remember, the views expressed here are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily represent the views of IBM. Until next time, let's go over and out. Out.